Good morning. Today is Tuesday, May 31st, 2022. Today is Rosh Chodesh Sivan, the first day of the Jewish month of Sivan. Happy Rosh Chodesh. Before I begin, I just want to give some scheduling information. Um, the morning 10 at 9 will be on hiatus, June 12th through June 19th, that's Sunday to Sunday, resuming Monday, June 20th, and also on hiatus, June 30 through July 4, that's a long weekend, resuming July 5. Mining the risks of the Parsha on Thursday nights, we will be on hiatus June 16 and June 30, but the other dates we hope to be studying together. And uh, these dates are now in the email. They're on our website. They are uh, posted. And so uh, hopefully we'll remind ourselves of them and announce them again. But those are the dates when we will not be studying together. I do want to mention those of you who receive the daily email from me, I will still be sending out the daily email each of those days. If you are not yet receiving that daily email that contains this year's um, 10 at 9 and Mining the Riches of the Parsha plus from previous years delivered to you by email every day. If you're not receiving that, please let me know. I'll be happy to add you to that list. This Shabbos, we read the Parsha Bamidbar, the beginning of the first, the, the fourth book of the Torah Bamidbar. And the narrative of this section of the Torah is about traveling through the desert, Bamidbar, in the desert. And because it's a little hard to visualize exactly, exactly how this worked, I have a diagram. So in this diagram, it may be a little hard to see, but in this diagram, you will notice that the Mishkan, the sanctuary of God, is in the middle. The Leviim, the Kohen and Levi, Moshe's family, the other Leviim, immediately surround the center, the Mishkan. And then on all four sides are arranged the 12 tribes, three in each direction, and the entire thing forms a gigantic square. And that is the camp. That's how the Jewish people would camp, and that is described in this portion and the next few portions going forward. All right. So when the Jewish people were camped in the desert, they were camped in this large square formation, Mishkan in the middle, surrounded by Kohen and Levi, and then surrounded on all four sides by the 12 tribes. What about when they moved? What about when they traveled? What was the order of traveling? So the Talmud actually gives us two opinions. The first opinion, I would say, is the most intuitive opinion, what we might have guessed. They broke out of formation and they formed a, a long line, like a parade. <clears throat> Since they were going eastward, <clears throat> most of the time, excuse me, <clears throat> and the three tribes, including Judah, Yehuda, were in the east. So those three tribes went first. Then came the Mishkan. Then came the other tribes, all in a row, like a parade, with the tribe of Dan 
last, bringing up the rear. Okay, like a long train, like a long parade. Seems to make sense. However, the Talmud has a second opinion. And the Talmud says, the way they traveled through the desert when they were walking, when they were moving forward, they stayed in the same formation. They walked like a box moving forward. Sounds a little bizarre. Doesn't sound like such an efficient method of traveling. Why would they do such a thing? So we can understand this question by asking another question. And this second question was actually asked by Moshe. And I think that anybody who has children can appreciate Moshe's question. So God tells Moshe where each tribe should be. <clears throat> this, this one next to this one, this one on this side, this one on this side. So God says to Moshe how the camp should be set out. Moshe asks, Master of the Universe, you know, as soon as I tell them where to go, they're going to start complaining. Why should I be over here? I want to be over there. Why do I have to be next to him? I want to be next to her. Everyone's going to complain. How am I supposed to get all these people to go where you want them to go? So God says to Moshe, a very surprising answer. God says to Moshe, they will recognize their place because the arrangement that I am telling you to tell them is not a new arrangement. It is a pre-existing arrangement of which they are already familiar because the 12 tribes descend from the 12 sons of Yaakov, Jacob, our patriarch Yaakov. And centuries earlier, when Yaakov died in Egypt and his sons carried his body to be buried in Israel, this is the order in which his sons stood around his casket with the same order. So when the Jewish people heard this order, Ruvain on this side and Shimon on that side and, Le and, and, and Yehuda on that side, etc. There was no reason to complain. They recognized they're forming the same formation they had when they carried Yaakov's body to be buried. And this arrangement with who goes where in this box formation, this setup was also the scene at Mount Sinai. And we will read this narrative on Sunday, the first day of, of, of Shavuos. Because remember, at Mount Sinai also, it was not theater style. It's not like God was on a big screen in front of them and they were all sitting in theater style seats watching what would happen. No, the Torah describes Sinai was in the middle. The mountain was in, in the middle. God spoke from the top of Mount Sinai with the entire Jewish people arranged on all four sides, maintaining this order 
But instead of the Mishkan in the center, instead of Yaakov's body in the center, on Shavuos you had Mount Sinai at the center. God's presence speaking to them from the center. And we continue this structure till this very day, right here in our own sanctuary at Adath. And in every shul, the bima is in the middle. All of the people who are there are arranged around it, surrounding it on all four sides. Same structure as Sinai. Same structure as in the desert. Same structure as Yaakov's burial. Why? All for the same reason. Because it is absolutely essential that Torah is the focal point of our lives. It's got to be in the middle of our lives, not way out in front for us to have to follow after it and hope to catch up to it. Certainly not off to the side where it could be missed or avoided. And for sure not in back where it could be, God forbid, left behind. It's in the middle. It is the focal point of every one of us at every moment of our lives. Yaakov, our patriarch Jacob, was the source of Torah values for his family. Mount Sinai is the source of Torah for Klal Yisrael, for the Jewish people. The Bema in our synagogue, the table from which we read the Torah, is the focal point of Torah in our community, in our synagogues. The pattern starts at the very beginning of our history and continues for all time. We revolve around Torah. We revolve around its laws. We revolve around its values. We revolve around its rhythms in life. We revolve around its reflections of God, its connection to God. Because having it at the center means that God is the closest to every single one of us, not closer to some than others, but in the midst of all of us. And that's why they walked through the desert in this strange formation. So there is an unbroken history of Torah at the center of Jewish life. This week's Torah portion, Bamidbar, this week and most years is read on the Shabbos before Shavuos. This year, Shavuos starts Saturday night. This Shabbos, we read the Parsha Bamidbar. Because this week's Torah portion, the Parsha Bamidbar, contains the essential meaning of Shavuos. The dramatic encounter between God and the Jewish people at Mount Sinai, when God reveals himself to the entire Jewish people at Mount Sinai, like he had never done before and will never do again, that is not a one-time event. It is one dramatic moment of an ongoing motif 
as the Torah forms the focal point of our lives. And for that reason, there is a curious but essential detail in our Torah portion this week. The Torah describes that there are 12 tribes on four sides, groups of three tribes. Each group of three tribes had its own flag. And each tribe had its own flag. And on the flag was an image which was a symbol of the specific mitzvah that that tribe or that group was most closely identified with, in which they excelled the most. Of course, all Jews have to keep all mitzvahs, but groups, even today, Groups excel in this area or that area or that area. And having a flag, having a symbol, demonstrates how each group is proud of where I am located and what my mission is. And I recognize that just as I am proud of my flag, and my special mitzvah, and my role, and my place within this larger whole, I recognize that you too have your flag that, that expresses what you are most proud of, and how you are proud of where your location is, and what your mission is, and your special mission is, your special mitzvah is. And that is how all of us together form Klal Yisrael the collective Jewish people. Shavuos is about much more than receiving commandments. And it's about much more than learning Torah. Although those are certainly crucial elements to this holiday. But Shavuos is much more. Shavuos is about pride in performing commandments. It's about enthusiasm to be able to do an action that fulfills God's will. And I want everyone to see my flag. I want everyone to see that I am proud of my location, my position, my special mission in life that God has given me. And I want to see yours because you have your spot and your position and your mission. And that is when we are all facing Sinai, all facing God with God at the center. And that is when we form the united Jewish people God's partner and mate. I heard this story from Rabbi Yechiel Spiro. It's an incredible story about a boy. I'll call him Shuli. And this is a boy, Shuli, who grew up in a religious family. And Shuli had, was, a, was a boy with special needs. It was clear from very, very on that he had a very highly attuned neshama, a spiritual yearning that was evident, even though 
In his very early years, he was not able to speak. He was not even able to move. Finally, when he turned six years old, he started to talk and he never stopped after that. He was able to have a bar mitzvah at, what he, at which he worked so hard and he was able to say the Haftorah and the, the enthusiasm and the love for being able to say the Haftorah to his bar mitzvah was something it left everyone in tears. And a few years later, his parents decided it was ready for him to attend summer camp, but their desire was not to attend a summer camp, a sleepaway camp for boys and girls with special needs. They wanted to send him to a, a regular camp. And there was a camp that agreed, and they had a shadow for him. His name was Ellie, again, making up a name, a very, very sensitive and compassionate and capable young man who acted as a shadow, who watched out for Shuli and took care of him every day. And as soon as Shuli arrived at this camp, his smile was infectious. It's just whoever saw him loved him. He was the darling of this camp. Every day, Shuli was the first one to come to the camp shul for davening. And he was very excited to be able to daven. However, it was that he was able to say the prayers or maybe not even to say the prayers, but to point to the prayers. And every day he would turn to his friend Ellie and he would point to the page in the Amidah, the, the, the Shemona Esrei, the standing prayer. And he would point to the prayer, Yalev Yavo. Yalev Yavo is the special paragraph that we recite in the Amidah when it's Rosh Chodesh. Like today is Rosh Chodesh. We added this paragraph, Yalev Yavo. It's one paragraph that refers to Rosh Chodesh, the beginning of the Jewish month. And every day, Shuli would point to this paragraph as if to ask Eli, today, today, is it today that we say Yalev Yavo? And every day he was so excited and he would start Ellie, today, Yalev Yavo, yes, yes. And of course, Ellie had to say, no, sorry, not today. No, no, not today. One day, but not today. It's not, it's not Rosh Chodesh. Not today, not today, not today. Until finally, it was the next day. And Ellie and all of the counselors and all of the campers knew how excited Shuli was going to be that finally it was Rosh Chodesh and he was going to point today, today, and it was going to be yes on this day, which was the Rosh Chodesh. All of the counselors and all the campers arrived earlier. First, they were first for the first time. Shuli was not the first. And Shuli comes into the shul and he's his regular day. And he goes over to Ellie and he points, Ellie, Yaleviavo, today, today, Yaleviavo. And Ellie gives a wide smile and he says, Yes, today is Rosh Chodesh. And Shuli is so excited. He lifts his hands like he just got a touchdown. Uh, triple goal, whatever you want to call it. And he had won. Today is Rosh Chodesh. Yalev Yavo. Wow, wow, wow. And everyone is clapping and cheering and clapping. Today we're going to say Yalev Yavo.
to have a sense of joy and celebration about being able to add a paragraph, Yala V'yavo, to the Amidah. That is what it means to have a flag, to have a special position, to have a special mitzvah that is meaningful to me more than anyone else. That is what Shavuos is about. Because Yale V'yavo, that was Shuli's flag. It was his special miss- mission to anticipate saying Yale V'yavo on Rosh Kodesh and then to say it with such enthusiasm. And he did it with such full joy and full excitement. So much so that it elicited the same from everyone around him. Celebrating his flag, his mitzvah. This is precisely what Shavuos is for us. To be encamped group by group around Sinai. And that each of us should celebrate enthusiastically our flag, our special mitzvah, whatever it is, our role, our position. And to recognize that together with every other group and every other flag and every other mitzvah, that's what makes up Klal Yisrael. It's that enthusiasm. It's that excitement. It's that celebration. That is what Shavuos is. Because it is then that we encounter the intimacy with God more deeply than at any other moment. Remember Yala Vievo. Want to wish you a happy Rosh Chodesh and an excited, exciting, enthusiastic Shavuos starting this Sunday. Have a wonderful day and I look forward to seeing you soon in person.